What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com. And welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast. Yesterday, I had the privilege of conducting an in person interview with some of my new friends here in Puerto Morelos, Mexico, where I'm here on a short trip, part spiritual quest and part adventure. And it has been nothing but amazing so far from exploring the ancient history of Chichen Itza, going to the pyramid, connecting with the essence of that ancient energy, learning about the stories of what happened there and learning also about the enormous detail and preciseness with which that monument was constructed, looking into the solar cycles and mathematics and astronomy. It's really, really amazing. To snorkeling with barracudas and parrotfish and the other fish and other um, amphibians in the vibrant reefs, I've been fully immersing myself in the local culture, savoring the mouth-watering Mexican cuisine, the tacos and the empanadas and the seafood and who can forget the cervezas Uh, (laughs) and absorbing everything that this beautiful country has to offer, especially the sunshine and the blue waters and the white sandy beaches. During my stay, I discovered the serene Sundara yoga studio nestled on the pristine beaches of Puerto Morelos. It was there that I met Rocio who is a yoga teacher over here, and Noah, a fellow yoga enthusiast who frequently visits this particular studio to practice and um, connect with community. So in this episode, we dive deep into the world of yoga, our own personal journeys of meditation and spirituality and what it means to us. And we discuss how these practices have really enriched our lives. But that's not all. We also explore the charming uniqueness of Puerto Morelos, which is a small town that is in between um, Cancun and Playa del Carmen on the Yucatan Peninsula, a place that holds a special place in our hearts. We discuss local traditions like the Temascal, a traditional sweat lodge ceremony, the significance of the serpent in ancient Mayan culture and the similarities with yoga and the Vedas from India, the powerful energy of the obsidian crystals. And by the way, I got two of them from one of the local Mayan people right across Chichen Itza and the potent Cambo medicine derived from the secretions of the Amazonian tree frog. There is so much of things that uh, I was hoping to explore, but you know, time is limited and hopefully we get another chance to uh, record some more episodes. So join us as we share our insights, experiences, and the importance of following your own intuition and pursuing your heart's true purpose. Because as we discuss in this episode, we all know deep down what we should be doing and where we must be heading. But a lot of times, The noise around us is so loud that it drowns our own inner voice. And that's why sometimes it's important to change your environment so that you can rethink, reimagine and expand your aura to to your new vision. 
Uh, and so tune in to this episode. Let's take you on a journey through the mystique and the wonder of Puerto Morelos and beyond. And get ready to be inspired by the stories, the wisdom, and the beauty of Mexico's hidden gem. And most importantly, let this be an invitation for you to reconnect with your intuition and go beyond your comfort zone. What's up, everyone? This is AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the place where you can experience bliss, tranquility, relaxation, wherever in the world that you are. And guess where I am today? I am in Mexico, Porto Morelos in particular. And uh, many of you know that I've had this goal, this uh, vision of uh, traveling to Mexico and seeing if that place aligns with me on a more medium to long term basis. And for the longest time, I was just, you know, procrastinating and delaying and saying, you know, giving excuses about not actually traveling to Mexico. And while this is not, this trip is not a long term thing for me right now, I wanted to see, I wanted to be there, I wanted to take in the culture and the experience and the energy and the people over here. And so I am here. Puerto Morelos, for those of you who don't know, is a smaller town that is in the Yucatan Peninsula in between Cancun and Playa del Carmen. And the beautiful part about this place, apart from the obvious ancient wisdom, ancient civilization, the Mayan culture, so much to take in. Uh, because it is on the uh, Caribbean Sea, so to speak, you get to enjoy beautiful blue turquoise water, clear blue skies most of the time, loads of sunshine, and along with that, amazing people as well. Uh, you know, Mexican food also. So there's a lot to take in. But on that journey, I did not want to forget about what this podcast is all about, which is, you know, meditation and yoga and spirituality and breathwork and cold showers. And uh, on that note, I attracted and manifested some friends over here, uh, particularly a yoga studio called Sundara Yoga Shala, which is just on the on the on the beach. So I ended up meeting Rocio, who is the yoga teacher from uh, originally from Argentina, uh, Buenos Aires, which by the way means beautiful uh, air, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, hello. <laughs> nice Thank to you meet so you. much. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And so I, uh, the way I came here is I actually spoke to Patty, one of the other teachers here. But unfortunately, because of the dates, I could not attend her uh, lessons. And I uh, attended one of the sessions by Rocio just day before yesterday. Enjoyed that session. Very relaxing. And then I asked her whether she would be interested in doing a, a podcast interview just to get to know uh, herself, her story, how she got into yoga, uh, a little bit about Puerto Morelos as well as Mexico in general. And uh, I met another friend over here who is Noah and Noah has been regularly coming practicing yoga at this studio uh, as well as practicing yoga in general uh, for a while now. And I'd let, let uh, Noah introduce himself. Hey, Noah. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be on the show. Likewise, likewise. That's amazing. Cool. So where do we begin? Um, 
I'll take a couple of seconds of silence over here because we're enjoying this beautiful ambience, the birds chirping, the wind just, you know, uh, breezing by. And by the way, you should take a look at this yoga studio. Like I said, it's literally on the beach uh, and there's a natural breeze that is flowing despite it being a little bit sultry, a little bit warm and sunny outside. It's a nice uh, ambience. So maybe we can start with uh, Rocio. Talk to us about your journey, where were you born and brought up, and a little bit about your childhood, if that's possible. How was your childhood like in Buenos Aires? Okay, uh, thank you so much. Um, okay, I'm born in Argentina. I have a good country. I love Argentina. I'm from to Buenos Aires city. And, you know, it's, it's beautiful, but it's a busy city. The life is fast. And when I start with yoga, well, this is the reason for change my life, for uh, stay uh, around the spirituality and meditation. Um, when I start to travel, I change my mind and I need to move to one place, uh, more around my life, my yoga, my spirituality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And why spirituality? Like, how did spirituality come into your life? Because I know we all have our own journeys, right? And I'm sure our listeners as well. Maybe they're like a doctor or maybe they're doing like a work as an accountant or something largely unrelated to yoga and meditation and bang, something happens. Or sometimes it's very gradual, but there's always a, you know, a reason why we get into spirituality. What was it for you? Was it your parents who okay. were into yoga, meditation, or uh, was it? No, no, my parents. No, yeah. I am, I am the unique. I start in my family for yoga, mm -hmm. and they come with me. <laughs> uh, but I, in the past, I look the life, uh, not. Not bad, but not good. But mm -hmm. I think when you connect with your spiritual spirituality, mm -hmm. you connect with you, connect with yourself. You can take a much better person with the society. And the spirituality for me is this: is be a good person, be a good human. Uh, Take patience with yourself and connect with your brick, and this is this is perfect for no for no take um, bad bad uh, bad situation, yeah. uh, bad uh, yes bad thing in in your life no. Mm -hmm. When you are spirituality or when you do a spirituality, you connect with you, the humans, with uh, e, yourself and your healthy change. Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, for you, when did that happen? When did you sort of learn about yoga? How did you find out about yoga? Okay, uh, in the past when I had children, I do a lot of sports and I am physical edu education teacher too. 
And for me, the education in the high school is bad. You only repeat the move for your teachers and you know, think about this and not have a take care for yourself, for your body. And this is one problem in the future. You have a lot of uh, problems, injuries. Uh, one friend might say to me, you need to test yoga, it's the best, change your life. Uh, uh, this is this is the reason for start. And when I start yoga, I yes, I not like this uh, hard sport and change my energy. Um, yes, I, I feel much better. I not need doctor. My life is in balance when I start to yoga. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Maybe we can have Noah talk a bit about your journey and sort of um, what was your childhood like uh, a little bit. <laughs> My childhood was intense. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and spirituality was all centered around the Christian religion and leaning more to the Baptist, very strict, black and white um, interpretation of those texts. So I grew up in Christian school. Um, as Rocio said, the physical education was not showing us how to connect to our body. In fact, they limited your stretches to eight seconds. They said if you held a posture longer than this eight seconds, it was going to be harmful for you. Um, so grew up playing all the sports, football, lacrosse, beating up on my friends, wrestling and whatnot, um, all the natural injuries that, that come along with that. And by the time I got to college, I had a a friend of mine that was from California, and he was kind of that cool guy that everybody liked his style but didn't know why. And I'm on the ground wrestling my hurt back um, in a, a plow pose, but I didn't know it at the time. And he looks over at me, and he goes, you know, if you pull your arms this way and throw your ankles back a bit more, you're you're actually doing yoga. And that just kind of stuck with me. And as I traveled back to Tennessee from North Carolina, found some classes and just kind of started exploring. It was it was so interesting to me and I, my curiosity was piqued. <laughs> and uh, what is spirituality to you um, personally? Spirituality is trauma to me at this point in my life. <laughs> Um, with the, the, way, the way that I grew up and the there was no allowance for discovering your own connection to God. It was to be this way. There were rules. There were checks and balances. And if you didn't fit that box, then you were going to hell and you couldn't be right. So yoga really taught me to come into my body and trust that you don't have to believe everything the way everyone else does, that there is this immense gray area when it comes to everything, relationships, perspective, the path that we should be taking in life. And yoga has just been the safety net that constantly caught me whenever I was battling something in my, my personal life or my spiritual life. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I think a lot of our listeners can also relate that um, yoga or spirituality in general is sort of like a trauma, right? Because uh, I I can't know or haven't heard of any person who is on a spiritual journey but hasn't gone through some kind of weird, traumatic, challenging, difficult journey. And what they also talk about is the healer's burden, right? Or the healer's, um, what do you call that? Pain. Because if you are called to the journey or the quest of healing, then along with that comes with some kind of exercise that you got to work on. And that could be a challenge in your personal life. It could be in your relationships. It could be finances also. A lot of healers have, you know, blockages uh, related to finances. But it also could be spirituality, uh, you know, asking those questions about who I am, where I'm from, and what is my purpose in life, right? <laughs> a lot of people uh, really suffer in that. But I'm, I'm glad that we have this practice of yoga, and pranayama and other tools that can then help us find some clarity in our lives and help us make those steps uh, towards more alignment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and maybe we can switch to Rocio. So how did you arrive in Porto Morelos? What is that story like? <laughs> when did that happen? Yes. Okay. Oh, the first time when I visit Mexico, I am excited for North Mexico. And, but I love Mexico City. I love this country, the people, the food. But I, I need to change my life. But I not think about this, but I feel this. When I I know Cancun and Playa del Carmen, yes, I like, but no really like. When I know Puerto Morelos, I love in Puerto Morelos. I love the sea. We have the reef number one. You have a lot of fish, uh, different colors. The sea is beautiful. It is blue, blue color and the this is a little town and the people is nice the people have a and life no fast you can go in bike you can do yoga you can do different activities and is a when I know this place, I think, why not? I need move. I not like more the city. And I study in meditation. When you live in one place with nature, hike your pipes. When you live in a city, lower your pipes. And this is uh, the reason. And when I move, I, I not... Uh, sing in life in ever my life I think okay I flow with the life and I'm follow here for six years <laughs> six years wow six years that is amazing I love that you sort of listened to your intuition and you felt that there was a need to change right and yes. I know many of our listeners feel that sometimes yes. especially people tuning in from like the biggest cities you know, like Vancouver or Toronto or Florida or for that matter, Calif not California, Los Angeles or London, right? Sometimes some of us, not all of us, some of us are not meant to live in these large cities with concrete buildings all around you, surrounding you, limiting your aura also in a way, right? And so you listen to your 
your intuition, you felt that there was a change, and then you and you visited Cancun, you visited Playa, but yeah. then you felt like Puerto Morelos was this sweet spot in between both these cities. And just yesterday, I went snorkeling, my first time snorkeling, and was so beautiful. It's fascinating that the water over here, it changes every day. Because I think two days back, there was a little bit more sargassum in the water, but yesterday was like more clearer. And uh, people listening to this episode, I'm not sure if you've ever been snorkeling, but it's beautiful. As you look down, you look at a completely different world, like the world from the movie Nemo, Finding Nemo. Yes. <laughs> like you look down, you see all the different fishes, different colors, and the corals, the living corals. And of course, I saw a barracuda yesterday. Oh. <laughs> it's not a, it doesn't attack you, but yes. the way it looks at you, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's scary. Because it's scary, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so here you are, you know, you have a combination of yoga and meditation. And if you want to go to the beach, you can go to the beach. And like you put it, uh, it's, uh, you know, your, your environment affects your vibration. And so if you are in a good environment, um, in an environment which is closer to nature. Wherever I go over here, I notice in Espanol, it's written like, y- y- uh, you know, uh, the earth is your home. Something on, along those lines. The earth is your home. Treat it like your home. And everyone's so careful about littering over here and protecting the reefs. So it's it's uh, really good to, to witness, for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. This is a, a wonderful. Uh, this is a wonderful thing for this place. You have a lot of um, activities from nature, not only on the sea. You have yoga classes. You have yoga retreats in the jungle. is amazing. You can inversion for the food, for the yoga, for the meditation. Uh, or you have others uh, activities like temascal. Temascal is uh, is a newborn in your life. Uh, for me, is when you do one temascal, you take out the bad energy and you you have a new life. I don't know. And you have cenotes. You have jango. You can do yoga on the beach, on the jungle, on the studio. Um, yes, and if you like, you can know um, Chichen Itza is other magic place around here. No, it's in Puerto Morelos, but it's around here. This is the the older pyramids for Mayas. It's, it's incredible. Yes, it's magic place. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I was coming to or thinking about traveling to uh, Mexico, I'd done a lot of research in uh, Puerto Vallarta and Mazatlan and all the places on the West Coast. Um, but then I asked my intuition, what is, you know, what is that ideal place that I should go if it's the first time that I'm going to Mexico? 
and it dawned on me that I should go to somewhere in the Yucatan because I wanted to visit the pyramids of Chichen Itza. And I went there day before yesterday, but what a sight to behold, right? I've seen all of these things only on television and movies, but here I am in front of the pyramid and it is magnificent to witness. And for those listening, I see a lot of similarities between Indian culture, the Vedas and Mayan culture. Because in India, Maya is a word, as you know, like it means uh, illusion. And uh, I see a lot of similarity between Vedic astrology and how people design their homes in the, in, in, in the four directions and the focus on mathematics and astrology and the chakras, the energy centers and the aura as well. So a lot of similarities, which is always, um, you know, good to know. So Noah, uh, what brought you to uh, Porto Morelos? Yoga is exactly what brought me to the area. A friend of mine owns a hot yoga retreat center here. And at the time I was living in West Virginia and he had just built a new retreat center up there and was bringing the 26 and 2 hot yoga practice to the area. Um, I had been practicing with him for a few months and then he made a joke that there was one spot left on the retreat. And lo and behold, I went home and I booked that last spot. Didn't have a passport. Figured I could I could wing it like everything else, and that turned into a nightmare. Had to fly across country to Denver to get a expedited passport, but I made it to that yoga retreat and soon fell in love with Puerto Morelos. That is amazing. How long back was that? That was about a year and a half ago now. Um, I ended up immediately going to a second yoga retreat over in Puerto Vallarta at Chinalani and again just had an epic experience and was with some of the retreat guests that I had met at my retreat here in Puerto Morelos. Um, from there I, I couldn't get enough and I kept traveling back and forth to both sides of the country and ended up going for a yoga retreat in Thailand, April of 22. Um, from there, I flew back to Puerto Morelos to do my own 26-2 yoga teacher training. And by the end of that month, I just, I couldn't leave. And I've been here ever since. Amazing, amazing, amazing. It sort of reminds me, I was just, I love Tony Robbins. And I was listening to, re-listening to one of his uh, workshops. And what he says is, um, life is all about decisions, right? And when you decide, something magical happens. A decision is when you decide that things cannot be the same, that you deserve a shift. And when you make a decision, it's all about action as well, right? So how do you back that decision by some kind of action? And in your case, you decided to, uh, on the fly, book right your your spot on the retreat and then sort of everything worked you know after that right even uh, getting your passport expedited uh which is awesome so you were so you did a retreat in Puerto Vallarta as well yes and i went back the second year to do that retreat again um yeah the i can't speak highly enough about the yoga retreat model it's it's one thing um to find a good class and be there regularly but spending an entire week just immersed in the practice. Um, I really learned this or got a taste of it with my yoga teacher training because it was one weekend a month over the course of an entire year. So I was getting these little um, 
bits and, and pieces of the experience of, of that real yogi lifestyle. And then by the time I, I signed up for that retreat, I was already sold. And from there, it's just been a journey um, diving deeper into my, my own practice, my healing. And hopefully one day I'll be teaching and leading retreats as well. Amazing. amazing. So how would you compare Puerto Vallarta to Puerto Morelos? Um, Puerto Vallarta is a lot harder to navigate. Um, the culture's amazing. There's really cool sights to see. I can't speak highly enough about Sayulita and San Pancho up a little higher on the coast. But you really need your own car to get around. Um, you're out in the middle of nowhere for a while. It just doesn't have that comfort that the Yucatan does. Um, as well, when you get to a town like Puerto Morelos, even Playa, you can travel everywhere by foot. A taxi uh, ride can get you anywhere for $2, $3 U.S. or Canadian. Um, the, the ease of classes, even in this small little port village, I can think of four or five yoga studios, and I could go to at least three classes a day. Mm. Um, that's not to mention the other dance classes, workout classes, community centers, and things like that. So the the kind of long-term lifestyle here is just it, it's really feeds me and i think it provides a container for healing that not a lot of other places have mm. interesting interesting and you know part of my vision also as i've shared with both of you is to be able to be based out of a city uh, where i can do my podcast for retreats where we do breath work, where we do cold exposure, maybe cold plunging. We do some yoga and, uh, you know, mix it up with some sightseeing as well. You know, whether it's visits to Chichen Itza, you know, going to, I don't know, the, the, the zoo nearby, snorkeling, diving. There's so many things to do here, right, for uh, the person who's come for a vacation, but now it becomes a healcation, not a vacation. It becomes <laughs> it becomes a healcation because all of us need some healing. We all deserve it at some point in time. Uh, and so, listeners, if you are listening to this episode and if it makes sense to you, if it resonates, reach out to me, and maybe we can uh, you know plan something. My email, as most of you know, is aj at my seven chakras dot com. aj at my seven chakras dot com. Um, through my inner circle, we already have some people, you know, who have reached out to me with interest in sort of putting together a retreat, perhaps sometime in the near future. But who knows? We'll we'll come up with something. Um, I wanted to ask you, Rocio. Uh, um, maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the unique activities that people people can do here in Puerto Morelos. One of the things you mentioned is Temascal. Now. From Vancouver, uh, there's also a rich First Nation community in British Columbia, the Squamish community, and the Musqueam community over in Vancouver. And it sounds similar to what they refer to as a sweat lodge, you know, where they build out a lodge and they heat the, the rocks, heat up the rocks. Then there's a, there's, this, there's a bowl of water inside and they put the rocks and there's a lot of intense sort of vapor and smoke, right? And then you chant. Is that similar to what we have there? Oh, yes. It's similar, yes. Uh, the Temazcal, if you like, take one similar activity. is like sauna. Okay. It, this, you feel in your body. 
but the really sons in the spirituality is the rocks are your grandparents. Okay, and when you do Guantemascal, uh, the heart adopt you, or if you have your activity in Mexico, the heart adopt you in Mexico. And for me, you can work in your in your in your body, in your trauma, in your whatever you want, no? You can take one 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 thing for work in this temascal, for example, I need change my life, I need to have a much better life I have I don't know, whatever you want work in this temascal you can work this um and you feel in your body like one sauna. Yes. Right. So you're saying that it's it's a combination of the rock plus the environment that is created inside inside that uh, um, lodge, so to speak. And it's also about this intention that you set for your life, whatever goal it is that you are hoping to achieve or whatever blockages or challenges that you're wanting to release. Mm -hmm. That's a good opportunity to do that. Because when you come out of that darkness, that's when it's sort of like a rebirthing experience also, right? Exactly, yes. And we have uh, in the rocks different um, different seeds like lavanda, copal, this help for this ceremony. And we sing in the temascal different... Uh, different thing from from the past of Mexico, no? And the Django help you this this experience. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing about Mexico. There's so much of ancient wisdom uh, that is passed on from you know parent to offspring and through the shamans as well. Ancient wisdom which delves into a lot of science as well as um, practices that can potentially transform your life and transform how you look at this universe. Because what we're finding out, even through science, uh, is that this is like a holographic universe, right? Like there's nothing real, really. If you look at things down to the atomic level, there is 99% space and just 1% sort of solid. So... <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, this is an experience uh, are magical for the Mayas in the past. They they practice this, the mascal, they swimming in the cenotes. The cenotes is wonderful. The water is ever cold and in summer is cold. And this is a pool uh, nature from the heart. And you can swim, and you you need different when you finish to swim to the cenotes too. Do you have any idea how the cenotes were created? Was it natural or yes. It's natural? Yes, natural pools. It was a meteor impact that hit and formed the Gulf of Mexico, and then all of the cenotes were the little. Um, pieces of the meteor that broke off the debris fields. Right. 
that's what I thought as well. The uh, I'm not sure if it's particularly the younger Dryas meteor because like 12,800 years back, there was this huge meteor that uh, struck the Earth, especially in places close to uh, Washington in USA and you know sort of that area. And it was so hard that it wiped out around 80 to 90 percent of the megafauna and the large animals that were living in that place and kick-started an ice age. And obviously, theoretically uh, destroyed other civilizations like the Atlanteans and the Lemurians. That's what they prophesize. And then certain certain particles of that asteroid or that comet, sorry, hit uh, hit Mexico as well. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's that or maybe it's the one that hit 65 million years back when which wiped out the dinosaurs. Do you know? Um, that I'm not sure of. Okay. Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Maybe we can talk a bit about the uh, mythology and the story behind the snake, the serpent. Uh, <laughs> both of you can talk, but I, I'll start a little bit about the significance of the snake in India. right? Because in India, from ancient times, the snake was always... Uh, um, adulated, revered, respected, worshipped. Uh, if you look at yoga, we've got the Kundalini. And once the Kundalini uh, arises, that's when the Shakti, the pure energy is meeting with the consciousness, with the Shiva. And uh, every person in India, at least those who are spiritually inclined, want to at some point... Uh, have that kundalini awakening experience but also there are these stories in india about the nagas which are uh, either species or deities or peoples from different dimensions or different planets perhaps the nagas who come visit the earth and naga literally means serpent so there's a lot of mythology there's a lot of stories in ancient history related to serpents and snakes in particular from india but what have you found about maybe Puerto Morelos or Mexico in general about snakes? The only experience that I have would be the Christian background and narrative that the snake is um, representative of the devil or that which should not be trusted or looked at. Um, so coming into the the Maya culture here and especially having interest in ayahuasca, which is said to be kind of meeting the mother and she represent or presents herself as an enormous snake. Um, I did sit in ceremony and was able to experience that firsthand. And it was, it was bone chilling and awe inspiring at the same time. Um, being in the, the yoga practice and having studied from teachers that um, draw from India, um, Asia, the, the South, you know, these cultures that, that are so foreign to us in the United States, um, it, was, it was cool to have that experience because um, kind of as you were saying, you don't really know about it. You've seen the, the images and the, the statues and whatnot, and it piques your curiosity. Um, so I, I do know that that medicine and that history that they have with that medicine that goes into not only the ayahuasca but the Temescal ceremony, um, the different frog ceremonies they have in the peyote and cactus, 
all kind of stems from that respect and revere for the serpent's place in nature. And I think all of them kind of reflect that Ouroboros idea in the serpent eating its tail and that nothing is permanent. Um, this this practice, practice is constantly going to be built up and then burnt down once again for us to step into our new layer. Mm. Would you like to share something, anything at all, about snake or what you... Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> here we have the Maya culture in Chichen Itza. When we have solsticio in summer, when it's sunset, uh, wake up the snake and they... She's in the in the sky with different colors and come people for USA, for Canada, for other states from Mexico, for look this this thing is impression it's incredible yes. But yes, the snake uh, I very similar like Noah in the past or the other. Religions say it's bad, the snake is like the Diablo, I don't know. But for me, it's one animal more. We need to learn from animals. And here, if you not uh, touch the animal, they are in, in, your, in your place, in the jungle. But this is my... Opinion about the snake case. Yeah, that's very true. I think uh, at the end of the day, if you look at it as an animal, it's just we humans that attach meaning to it, right? Whether it's like negative or a bad animal or a good animal. A lot of times snakes can be good as well because only through the venom can you create an anti-venom, right? That can yeah. potentially save somebody's life. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And also, to your point, all these ancient uh, buildings and architectures, you do see a lot of these snakes, and then you begin to wonder, um, you know, what was the significance of that? Um, I want to speak a little bit about the obsidian. Do, do you at all collect crystals? Do you like crystals? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, obsidian is from here, yeah. from Yucatan. It's a magical rock. Um, ever black rocks they are for uh, take out the bad energy uh, this is protector for you for for other person for your energy for yourself and yes i i believe in the rocks in the obsidiana for me is the magical rock and when I live in Argentina, I I I need search one obsidiana, and here you have a lot of obsidiana in every country. Is for me is is excellent. It's it's nice for take in your in your body, for take in your house, for protect your energy. Yes. Amazing, amazing. Do you collect crystals at all? I do. I actually okay. made a profession out of collecting crystals for about 10 years. Oh, really? Okay. What is your favorite? And do you like obsidian? I really <laughs> like um, pure quartz crystal. 
Um, the Lemurian seed crystal from Sierra do Cabral in Brazil has always been a, a really prized stone for me. And I do love the obsidian. Um, I was offered some in my combo training and taught to use it as a sundial to, to be able to sun gaze at all time of day and not just in the final hours or minutes before it sets. Um, I don't don't know enough about it, so I'd like to dive a little deeper, but it, it sure is fascinating. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So did you own like a crystal store or how, how was it? Um, I made jewelry, jewelry and mostly started wholesaling between the mine owners around the world and the different jewelers in the United States in the early days of Facebook. Um, never before had we been able to just reach out and contact someone halfway across the world. Yeah. So it, it opened up a really exciting frontier for a bit. Nice, nice. So you've been connected to the Maya for a while now. Pardon? You've been connected to the Maya for a while now. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> um, absolutely. I, I, I joke with my friends that I'm, I'm Alushe, and that's what brought me back here. Alushe is the guardian of the cenotes, and they also have a type that would guard the farmer's fields, and a really, really cool little story and, and history there. And as listeners uh, know that I love crystals myself and rocks also, not just crystals. But I've got a collection. I've got a, I've got a hematite. I've got, uh, uh, I've got, I've got one beautiful crystal which is from a certain part of Russia, Karelia, um, Shungite. A lot of people say Shungite, you know, is not from the earth in the first place. It came through some kind of meteor or comet, but it's a beautiful rock. And I've got one uh, shaped as a pendant with a sacred geometry sign. I collect a lot of these uh, crystals that I keep in my pocket so that my, you know, energy is cleansed, uh, you know, throughout the day. But I've got a, um, I've got an orange rock. I've got the white one. Um, I've got, and so I'm, I never, I've never had an obsidian before, but the story that he shared about, you know, the Spaniards coming in their ships and they could see the obsidian in the fort of Tulum from far away. And because of the sun's rays, the black obsidian appeared golden and they thought it was gold. And they said El Dorado. And then years later, they were like, no, it's obsidian. It's, you know, it's not gold in particular, but this yeah, so that that increased my fascination for this rock, and I had to get it. So I got this, but I also got the other uh, dial that you can look into the sun at, no matter what time of the day it is. I found that fascinating. That's interesting. Are you going to make it down to the Tulum ruins or Coba while you're here? Uh, I'm actually going to um, Playa del Carmen on Monday. So tomorrow's my last day technically in Puerto Morelos. I'm not sure. Would you recommend I go there? Oh, absolutely. You could see... I think all three of the ruins down there in a one-day trip from um, Playa. So highly recommend. Do you know the other one? There's the port ruins, there's Coba, and then there's one more. Bacala. Oh, that's even down, right? Oh, beautiful. I've heard of that. Yeah, I just wish I could stay for like a month, you know? <laughs> that's the plan, right? <laughs> and they're building a train right now that's really? going to take you to all of the different sacred sites oh, around Mexico. Best item for sure. Yeah. So side note, I want to ask you both of you about your thoughts around, uh, you know, just expenses in general, you know, pricing in general. I go to the grocery stores over here. Obviously, you know, maybe like shacks on the beach. It's a bit more expensive for 
you know, for Mexico, that's totally fine. But if I go to the grocery stores like Chedrahui and the other places, I notice the prices are pretty much as same as Canada or for our example, US. So my question is, uh, how do, the, you know, for a local Mexican, they're earning in Mexican pesos, right? So isn't it like super expensive for them? Okay. Or how, how, do, how, do you, how do they reconcile? Yes, this? maybe uh, in Puerto Morelos, Playa del Carmen, Tulum, Cancun, we have the same thing. You have one zone for tourists and you have one zone for locals. When you stay in the zone for tourists, have the price ever. But if you answer to the local people, they can recommend you for one place for local people. The the price is cheaper and you help yours. You help yours um, local person, Mexican for for take <clears throat> uh, things around Mexico. No? Right. Yes. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Because when I was coming here, obviously, when a lot of people come to Mexico, they end up staying at one of the all-inclusive resorts, right? The big hotels that are in Cancun, but that sort of gives you a very sanitized, limited experience of uh, of Mexico, isn't it? Because sometimes, you know, you wake up and you go for a buffet, and you go to the private beach, and you go to the gym, and there's like a lot of people around and kids running all around. And then you go to a buffet, and a lot of times buffet is not necessarily Mexican food. It's just general food, right? So I wanted to, like you pointed out, I wanted to live in Mexico among, you know, local people. That's why I live in the Colonia right now. And, and you know, eating local and supporting the local restaurants and really getting to know the people where they're So, you know, I want to try out <laughs> all-inclusive someday just to see what the experience is like. But, uh, but I found that interesting. Thanks for sharing. Um... Wanted to also speak about Cambo. You know, like for listeners listening, what is Cambo? What is your experience with it? And what is the significance behind this practice? So, Cambo is the secretion of a toad frog from the Amazon in Brazil. Um, there was a tribe that all of the warriors were getting sick and because they couldn't hunt, the rest of the village was malnourished and looking as though they might be coming to extinction. The shaman and the elders of the village were brought these visions of the frog and how they could save their people and then started applying the poison through these gates, which are superficial burns in the top layer of the skin. Once the poison is applied, the blood pressure increases. You notice uh, a slight fever or being flushed. You tend to swell up a bit, and then the purge starts from the, um, the lower parts of your bowels. It will squeeze your liver, your kidneys, your pancreas, gallbladder, and expel this deep, rich yellow to orange bile um kind of like you see when you're dry heaving at the very end of a, a very bad illness or something like this but this comes out by the leader it's it's unbelievable to imagine that we're walking around on the day-to-day with this much um just putrid acidic um fluid um, inside of us so the the poison also has these peptides that will 
stimulate an immune system response, flooding your body with white blood cells, um, enabling it to strengthen the nervous system. It's great for rewiring neurochemical pathways associated with depression, addiction, and anxiety. Um, all in all, it, it really is just a profound spiritual cleansing. Um, some of the, the teachers have said that there's an eighth chakra, and it's the one that connects you to your higher self and your, your, pow, your path. Um, and this is supposed to release that chakra and allow kind of that kundalini energy to fully ignite. Um, for me, it's been very powerful and transformative, which is why I went the path of learning how to offer treatments myself and have been doing different types of experiments, um, seeing if there are some other protocols that could be a little gentler on people that aren't looking for such an extreme process. And I've had a lot of success. Um, any questions you? So you feel the difference right after? Oh, absolutely. Um, just the, the dietary aspect of it alone, I would pair it to a five day juice cleanse immediately. You just, you feel so much lighter and the, um, kind of the shift is almost like that of one of Rosio's yoga classes at the end of Shavasana. <laughs> would you like to share something? About combo? No, I I not try, but I need try with my friend Noah. Yes, I need try. Awesome. This sort of reminds me of the fact that we do all these different practices, like maybe combo, like you said, initially you notice a blood pressure rise and you notice fever, like you're having a fever. And like even for fasting, initially you have that sort of weird response where you feel like you've gotten into something that's worst for you. Um, and like, for example, cold plunge, right? Initially, you feel your blood pressure rises, your heart rate rises, uh, your blood vessels constrict because of the cold. And so we do all these different practices, which are actually good for you. But initially, it's <laughs> initially you feel as if, you know, it's not so best for you. It sort of reminds me of the concept of you stress, which points to the idea that stress in general is not bad for you. Chronic stress is bad. If you have stress each and every day, each and every hour of the day, that's probably bad. But sometimes small doses of stress then your immune system, you know, create more white blood cells, rewire your brain, make you more resilient, and numerous other benefits. So it, it feels fascinating that some of us, instead of uh, going away from the comfort voluntarily and proactively, go into the discomfort because we know it in the long term, it's actually good for us, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm a big fan of the cold therapy. 90 days of, of cold showers and you don't really want to go back. <laughs> awesome. I know, know some folks in uh, Playa del Carmen, where I'm heading to, who on the regular do cold plunges. And as listeners of our show know, I'm a huge advocate of cold showers in particular uh, and, and breath work. Um, and uh, visualization and humming and all these good practices that help us regulate our nervous system and help us experience more bliss. Um, as we come to an end of this wonderful podcast, uh, what does the next couple of months look like for you? The next couple of months for me will be daily yoga classes and as much fresh fruit as I can farmer, but 
um, plan on diving deeper into my practice and um, offering the Cambo treatments and really working with people one-on-one to see um, the long-term responses versus just that immediate um, reaction to the process like we were talking about. Uh, amazing, amazing. Good to know. What about you, Rocio? Oh, okay. When I follow here, the next months, I need try Kambu. <laughs> I follow up with my my practice and I follow teaching yoga. I have my meditation every day from the sea. Um, I follow here in Puerto Morelos. Maybe in summer, have any retreats too from Sundara. And I'm fine. Very fine. Awesome, awesome. Wonderful. Uh, and so as we end this particular podcast over here, it was such a, a gift and an honor to connect with both of you, uh, you know, here in Puerto Morelos and to be able to do a podcast in person has been really, really amazing. Action Tribe, if some of this resonated with you or if a lot of this resonated with you, make sure that you reach out to me. Uh, you know, connect to me on Instagram. My handle is at my7chakras or reach out to me. Send me an email at aj at my7chakras. Let me know how you feel, what your feedback is or anything that you'd like to share. But from our end, it's closure for now as I figure out what to do for the rest of the day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.